0: I was on trail with cabins, cabins in the middle of this decimal wilderness. I was so lost. I ran from cabin to cabin in hopes of people or a map. I did not have the necessary equipment to withstand the night. Nothing. No one. I haven't seen anyone. Welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the Kutakaga podcast. A little intro for those who don't know me. My name is Cassidy Carroll. I am a 21-year-old student athlete at Clarkson University, and I like to be in the woods. I want to be an ultra-marathon runner, or I am. I really don't know, but I cycle, lift, solo travel, and so on. Back to the episode. Well, first, actually, the title. Kutakagra is the name of a mountain in the Adirondack High Peaks in New York State. The word is ancient Algonquin, translated as the Decimal Wilderness. One meaning of decimal is disastrous, which is exactly what the story is. Here is the story of when I got lost in the mountains alone. It was 1 a.m., the first time I've ever been to this trailhead. I couldn't find parking, so I parked at a random spot near the grass that looked like a spot. I was confused. No one was around. The only sound was the night bugs and wind bristling the treetops. I walked to the trailhead sign-in wrote my name, and started the loop. I was prepared mentally and physically, or I thought I was. I jogged for a bit till elevation gained more than what I was willing to run. I kept hearing sounds from a distance, sort of step-like patterned. I flashed my light around, nothing. I felt on edge at this point, continuing on, paranoid, thinking I'd run into a bear without spray or run into a large cat or something so I turned on a podcast to try to distract my mind. It worked for the most part. I rationalized that the sound of a guy talking would let the animals know a human is by, and to leave me alone because, as said, they are more scared of you than you are of them. I reached the top of my first peak, Lower Wolfjaw, within two and a half hours. Zero view, which, that was expected. I hiked back down to the trail fork, still listening to Rich Roll's voice, when my headlamp went out. I sat down and looked for the portable charger to see. I forgot the charger cord. I now had to hold a flashlight and climb with one arm. This made things much more difficult. Nevertheless, I reached peak two, upper wolf jaw. I had one mountain in the way of where I wanted to see the sunrise. I kept moving. My brain zoned out, and the voice from the podcast I was listening to turned to background noise. The trail kept getting harder. I had to talk myself through where to put my hands, or hand, and feet so I wouldn't fall. I made it to Peak 3, Armstrong, still pitch black, which is a good sign. I shined my flashlight to the trail to see a reflective object shining bright. My stomach dropped. I edged toward it, one slow step at a time to see... It's a tent, and backpacks. I didn't think you could set up, but they did, on the summit, which is illegal. Anyways, I moved on, with a bit of pep in my step. Nervous. I wouldn't be at the top of the next mountain, Gothic's, by sunrise. It started to get light out, but no sun yet. Only thing in my head was... Move. I reached the top, drenched in sweat, which is a good and bad thing. Good, I worked hard and my body showed. Bad, I quickly got cold as the tops of mountains have wind and are generally colder. There was a red and orange ribbon of light just on the edges of the mountains, visible in the direction the sun was about to appear. I waited not not long before the first rays peeked over to greet this great range. The beams hit the next mountain. Saddleback's famous cliffs shimmered. There were patches of fog at the bottom, giving an illusion of how massive these high peaks are. I spun in pure joy from the simple moment. I danced, sang, and jumped up and down in awe. It was generally one of the happiest I've ever been. I smiled from ear to ear. I hiked from 1 a.m. to 6.45 a.m., In complete darkness. And I was being re energized by the sun going into the day miles. I decided there that I was going to cut Saddleback, Basin, and Haystack off my loop. I hiked towards the next challenge, Pyramid Peak and Sawtooth. During this part of the trek I thought of how the mountains get their names. With this particular mountain, the name matched. Sawtooth sounded sharp and scary, which it was. It was a sharp peak with sharp rocks and a thin ridge line, which is totally a saw. I finished those two and headed down for a well-deserved long descent. I ran along, still high off the joy from the sunrise, to then slip on mud and fall directly on my phone, breaking it completely. That was my map. I had no paper map or compass, so navigation was lost. I had a general idea of where to go. It was down, a left, a left, and a right, to climb on the other side of the East Branch Ossible River, which at that time I thought was a lake. So I continued down Sawtooth. I thought, wow, this blows. But at least I got my leg, thanks to my phone for being there, because if it wasn't, I would have had a huge gash in my thigh and potentially bleed out, because even the shortest way out, was seven more miles. Left, left, right. Where is this left? I remembered it was at the end of a lake, so I had to go around the lake. I got to the lake and went around it to end up at Marcy Landing. I didn't know this at the time, but there were two lakes, and I was at the furthest one. I did know I was lost. Marcy Landing? That That's just, I don't remember that being on a map. Left, left, right, nope. I was on trail with cabins. Cabins in the middle of this decimal wilderness. I was so lost. I ran from cabin to cabin in hopes of people or a map. I did not have the necessary equipment to withstand the night. Nothing. No one. I haven't seen anyone. I yelled, help! At every cabin and every dock. I saw canoes unlocked at this one cabin and debated taking it. I remembered it was at the end of the lake, so I had to go around the lake. Surely they would forgive me. It's life or death. I am in full flight or fight mode. I resisted the urge and followed the only trail around, going away from these cabins to reach a split. I had to choose Marcy or Haystack. Marcy is the tallest mountain in the state, so obviously I chose Haystack. The third tallest. Both not in the plan, both difficult. I could not bear the thought of this painful climb before me, but I couldn't bear the thought of giving up. So I climbed. The Haystack Trail didn't go directly to the summit, but went in between basin and haystack. At this point, I had two options summit, basin, saddleback and retrace over gothic's armstrong the wolf jaws to my car or take the nine miles to another parking lot in hopes to find people to drive me back i decided fuck the mountains my knee hurts so bad a little background i just got over a season-ending injury i was i was in the zone i did not eat or drink i was running purely off of adrenaline I trudged on to have my first interaction with a human. A guy was heading up Marcy with his dog. I got to the lot. No one. Just a few cars. I started hobbling down the road to the town. I looked at every car pass with tired eyes. I sat down after one mile of walking and took my wet shoes off to continue on barefoot. Two more miles of staring at cars passed by. No one stopped. I thought... If I saw a random young female look like she dug herself out of a grave, I would totally give her a ride. I walked, seeing the town of Keene finally. I was nervous at first to hitchhike, but I was exhausted, so I really did not care. I wanted to go home. Anyways, serial killers are not in these parts, or so I thought. I later learned after this event on a podcast that there was a serial killer in the Adirondacks at some point. I walked. There was a couple walking a dog, so I looked over. Excuse me, by any chance, do you know how far it is to golf course? The lady looked over and responded, It's about five or six miles. My head dropped. Oh, gosh. Then before me, she asked, Do you need a ride? I hopped on this, rescue, relieved. I walked with her back to her house. She was quick. We talked about the hike, then moved on to backgrounds. When I say the world is small, it is so small. She is a Clarkson alumni. I go there. They were living in Connecticut. I am from there. The husband is an engineer. I am studying that. Crazy. Crazy. We made it to her car, and she helped me put my stuff in the trunk. I climbed into her car without hesitation. I felt bad because I was wet and stinky, but she said, don't worry about it. So kind. We arrived at my car, still at the trailhead. I was astonished. I thanked her and her generosity over and over. She wished me luck and drove away. I drove home strictly using road signs to navigate. I made it. 8 p.m., three hours from being a full 24-hour venture. That day, I hiked 27.5 miles, making it out of the Kutukagra alive. So I hope you learned the same lesson I did, bring a paper map and a compass so you don't get lost. If you liked the story, hit the like button. If you want to hear more stories, subscribe and send this podcast to your friends and family. Thanks for listening. Safe wanders. Bye.